0: Hello, howdy, doody! It's uh, Chappie the British Butler. It's Keep Common Cauliflower Cheese Saturday Edition, episode number eighty-one. Uh, big happy birthday, felicitations to my dearest Papa, my father, and uh, also my nephew Harry, the Great Geraldo. It's his birthday today, and it's uh, Father's birthday tomorrow. Uh, you know, so we're having a little bit of a uh, little bit of umpa. A little bit of uh, German polka uh, in, the, in the sort of happy birthday style here. And um, it, it's, it's a lovely, lovely spring day today. Beautiful spring day. So I've opened up all the windows and trying to blow all the cobwebs away. And I have the uh, high Egyptian thread count sheets uh, flailing out of the window here. You know, I'm just airing them out. But they always say, if you air your sheets outside, you sleep much better. You get fresh air, but also, you know, you get the bugs and the flies as well. Maybe that's part of the whole uh, sleep-styly uh, sleep nonsense. Uh, but anyway, freshening the sheets, hanging out of the window, uh, airing all over uh, Chappie's dirty laundry. As always, you know, that's, that's the way I like to roll. And um, it's, it's, it's rather nice to be here again, and, you know, especially on a spring day. Um, You've know, been for a lovely walk this morning and saw uh, some chaps playing cricket. In, in in Colorado, in Denver, there were there were a, a whole cricket team playing, and I, uh, you know, sat on the boundary with the two with the two hounds and enjoyed watching uh, the cricket going on. It was lovely to see. I mean, uh, they're quite talented. Uh, they didn't have uh, the pristine whites on and no cable knit sweaters, so I was very upset about that. I do love a sort of cream cable knit that you can sort of pull over your knees. It's sort of baggy. I had one of those. Uh, they've gone to the more sort of more fashionable, figure-hugging uh, types of cricket sweaters now. I mean, back in the day, though, when I, uh, when I played cricket many moons ago, uh, you know, you didn't want the body-form sweaters. Because, you know, people used to drink basically on the boundary. I mean, I, I saw people getting drunk on cider in the middle of the match, and this is in the middle of the game. You know, so there's rather more beer bellies, uh, a lot of dad bods going on uh, cricket back in the day. But now everybody's rather toned. You know, there's not six. You know, no, there's six packs rather than the sort of uh, keg packs, uh, as I like to call them, uh, where uh, a little bit more rotund. Uh, you can, uh, you know, probably pop a muscle or pull a muscle on the boundary. Then you need a runner when it comes to the batting later on. Uh, but really, you weren't injured. You were just flaming drunk, um, and that's how it used to be back, back in the uh, back in the day, back in the eighties, in the roaring eighties. When I used to uh, don the whites and uh, lever on Willow, man, lever on Willow. And uh, so here we are again. It's another edition of the podcast, and it's uh, it, you know we, we dealt with Saint George's Day yesterday. We had a little St. George's Day uh, edition of the podcast. Uh, if you want to delve into that and know about the history of George and the Dragon and a rather chivalrous chap saving a, saving a damsel in distress, which we all like to do now and again. Um, and uh, also it was William Shakespeare's birthday. Or, I mean, this is the whole thing. There's a bit of a debate. Nobody really knows when Shakespeare was born, but a lot of people said he was born and he died on the same day. And we went into that uh, on, the, on the podcast yesterday, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, episode 80. So we are going to have some uh, uh, historical Tinder. Uh, we actually have Pythagoras today in our historical Tinder little competition. Uh, we have some uh, trumple trombone and, um, you know, the usual sort of nonsense, some enigmatic English eccentric habits. I mean, there's so many of them. There's It's packed to the rafters in terms of enigmatic eccentric English habits. Also, um, my dad drives a uh, white Citroën van. Now, uh, you'd expect, you know, pretty sort of butch, muscular type of fellow, you know, man's man. Um, but, uh, you know, rather, rather interesting tunes were heard coming from the Citroën van um you know that uh that were rather unexpected i would say also how my choice of nespresso flavor is ruining my street cred um i pulled out the biggest lintberg ever uh what it reminded me of uh we'll be talking about that uh as well um something else i think we should start maybe playing croquet on golf buggies or golf carts as they're called in america i think that would be a rather fun game you know and uh, driving around with swinging mallets is almost like a a uh, modern-day, middle-aged version of Polo. Also, uh, it's it's a big fashion on Instagram. You see couples doing this all the time, where they're selling their houses, and they're out driving around in their VW vans, Winnebago's, whatever it is. uh, Cramped conditions, and they're traveling the country. Now, how can sanity prevail? We'll be talking about that as well. How I felt like a superhero with my matching socks and pantaloons. Uh, Car boot sales are back. Oh, gosh. Um, Also, the mystery of the missing fingernail. Mystery of the fingernail. And also, we're we're going to be having um, a new game of uh, podcasters and Ubers getting their ears talked off, basically. I, I became a therapist more than anything else. Um... Also, some of the stories you may be discussing. Tom Rhodes wins MasterChef with an olive oil ice cream. I don't know about that. Uh, Depressed find magic in uh, in psychedelic mushrooms. Uh, Brewers furious at Nanny State plan to uh, put calorie count on beers in pubs. Uh, The climate change pushes wildlife higher into the Himalayas. We didn't talk about that yesterday. Um, Also, uh, Colin the Caterpillar, Cuthbert the Caterpillar. We never delved into the whole caterpillar conspiracy theory that's going around uh, in the uk at the moment the quagmire that helped charles v to victory uh, in spain uh, many hundreds of years ago um also we never talked about how hot pink is the new uh, sex color uh down the rabbit hole into big bucks world of bunny breeding we're gonna be talking bunny breeding as well um more loch ness monster stories i mean we always have to have I feel we always need a Loch Ness Monster story. The podcast isn't the podcast without uh, Loch Ness Monster, without a doubt. Uh, Coffee beans could save the espresso from climate change and the old English sheepdogs at the risk of being painted out. They're like the hairiest of all dogs. I mean, if you have a, a fur allergy, you're in real trouble. I mean, M- Maggie has bottom hair that's falling out, but it you know, is it, literally as soft as a baby puppy's bottom, and it truly is. I mean, she has the, uh, I mean, this this is, this, uh, talking about mullet pillows yesterday, uh, corky bottom hair could be used uh, possibly in pillows uh, as well. Uh, dog yoga and a hundred pound grooming. Why are we spending so much on our pets? And how much does it cost to keep a tech chief, tech chief executive safe? Um, honey buzzards get claws into killer Asian hornets. I mean, that's a relief. Those killer hornets working me up at night. I did have some sort of killer moth. I had a whole moth infest- infestation. If you listen back to the podcast in June, will be looking forward to those coming back again, definitely. So it's a fairly packed show today, as always. I mean, we've, uh, we cram a lot into our wee little hour. And uh, talking of wee little hours, uh, if you want an expanded edition of the podcast where um, you have music sort of uh, chopping up my, uh, my waffle, then uh, on Spotify, I do have a little playlist as well. Uh, I'll be playing my uh, Dear Old dad, a, a nice little song. He's a big Queen fan. He actually starts his day off uh, dressed like Freddie Mercury in stockings and suspenders doing the vacuuming. That's how he likes to start his day off in Norfolk. Um, and uh, he hasn't grown the little moustache yet, but that's to come, I think. And the depressed find magic in psychedelic mushrooms. A psychedelic compound found in mushrooms may be just as effective as conventional antidepressants. Patients who took the psychedelic uh, mushroom capsules had a mystical experience while listening to new age music before undergoing therapy reported a more rapid reduction in measures of depression over the following six weeks uh, than on uh, than those on other drugs. Improvement across measures including the ability to feel pleasure, feelings of well-being and reduced anxiety researchers at the center of psychedelic research at the imperial college london i mean that what a job that would be i mean uh, you just go in at the beginning of the day and just get high you know i mean that's that's the uh, that's the job that uh, that a uh, lot of people a uh, lot of people crave for you know uh, researchers at the psych- Psychedelic uh, Research Imperial College London hope that after larger trials, the treatment could be available in the next few years. The blind study compared 59 patients with moderate to severe depression who had two sessions of the psychedelic drug with patients on a sixth course of a more traditional drug. Dr. Robin uh, Carter-Harris, who led the study, said there was a high dose of the psychedelic, the kind of dosage that produces very profound experiences sometimes referred to as peak experiences, sometimes referred to as existential or mystical or spiritual. The next day, volunteers returned for a therapy session. Professor Dr. Nutt, a principal investigator of the study, said very often for the first time, people have actually come to understand why they're depressed and they really want to talk about it and what helps them overcome the kind of persistent negative attitudes they've had about themselves and their lives. He said that depression for many was the consequence of suppressing memories. The effort you put in is exhausting. So, very interesting. I mean, my fear, though, if you know, if I was high on the sort of mushroom, medicinal mushroom, so to speak, I mean, if I wanted to make myself a cup of tea, I I would be considerably concerned about burning my pinky. I mean, when you're sipping tea with the pinky raised in the air and you're too close to, like, maybe a a hot piece of uh, porcelain, Uh, or, you know, fine china, bone china, then uh, I, I think being high and having the pinky in the air, you could really scold yourself, and it could be a nasty little burnt. So my father has driven a Citroen van, Le Citroen van, for probably about 40 years. I think he first got his first one in 1986, anyway. So he puts all his tools in the back there, and, you know, sort of manly exploits... And he goes out to fix things or, you know, his gardening tools, carrying, you know, going to pick up seeds or plants or anything. You know, very green-fingered, incredibly manly type of pursuits here. So, you know, he gets into the van. He used to say it was rocket-fueled and hold on to your hollyhocks and everything else. And uh, anyway, so he gets into the van, you know, and he's in his overalls. I mean, he, he really does look, you know, like a... A chiselled Adonis, I suppose, of a man. I mean, I'm I'm more of a sort of a, more of a, a wet sort of blanket type of fellow, um, but uh, you know, he certainly uh, you know he certainly could hold his own, and uh, even like to race or play tennis or cricket with me when I was a teenager, and loved loved to win, loved to win. But here we go. So he's off in his Citroen van, and uh, let's let's get you know get the van started up here. Right, here we go. Off he goes. Yeah, the suspension sounds a little bit dodgy. Yeah, some belts need tightening, I think. Anyway, there he goes. Off in the van. And, um... So you think, you know, he's he got some like meatloaf playing or some sort of heavy pretty driving rock or something along those lines he's going along, something with a bit of muscle, you know muscle muscle music to suit the muscle citron but um, you know so he opens up the window talk to Nobby, I'll do that groom and uh, Nobby the neighbour here's this pumping out of the stereo. I mean, th- there's no like tutu or anything going on here. There's no uh, PA or pirouettes or anything along those lines, but you know, he's got the classical musical station going on whilst he's chugging along in the Citroen. You know, a little bit of genteel classical music. Along the, far- along the farming roads of, uh, of North Norfolk. Playing the dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies. I'd hate to see what he plays when he's on his push bike. So the man who had sex on the moon, incredible true story of a multi-million NASA heist. Most of the moon rocks collected by the Apollo astronauts and brought safely back to Earth are locked up in a secure NASA facility, making the moon rock among the most valuable substances on Earth, which is why Thad Roberts' theft of 101 grams of moon rocks valued at $21 million is one of the most audacious heists in history. Roberts was a promising young intern at NASA. He once had hoped to be the first man on Mars, and with his remarkable intellect and movie star good looks, he could have been the first person chosen to spearhead NASA's first mission to the Red Planet. But Thad had put his dream of the night on hold. On July 13, 2002, he had noticed that a sizable quantity of moon rocks were being kept at the NASA Lunar Lab in Houston, Texas under somewhat insecure conditions. He hatched a plan to steal the moon rocks, at least, but he wanted to lay out on the bed and have sex on the moon. He had been in communication with a uh, Belgian amateur mineralogist who expressed a willingness to buy some of the rocks But Thad had known about the mineralogist to contact the FBI and took over the end of the deal and began to draw Thad into an elaborate sting operation. On the night of the crime, Thad, his girlfriend, Tiffany Fowler, and her accomplice, sure sir all of whom were interns at NASA simply used their official NASA badges to get into the building, but a complication arose when it became clear that the storage of the rocks wasn't as insecure as Thad had believed. He thought the combination to the safe, the rocks were stored, had been written down on a tag tied to its handle, but when it came to the night of the heist, Thad and his accomplices discovered the NASA employee in charge of security had written down a cryptic reminder of the code. They'd gone too far to stop, so the three students hauled the entire safe out of the building into the back of the waiting Jeep. They drove out of this world loot to a nearby motel where they cracked open the safe with a power saw, and Sad and his girlfriend scattered the stolen moon rocks across the bed and had sex on them. To this day, they're the only, they're the only two people in history to have done that. I mean, you imagine, like, sort of NASA mission control. You know, Thad, whoop, are you there? That. hello, Earth to Thad, NASA, Houston to Thad, report in. What's, what's Thad doing? Uh, well, I, I, I think he's attempting re-entry, sir. Well, in fact, he faked it that time. The portable lavatory meets its waterloo. No outdoor event in Britain is complete with an out of uncomfortably long queue for a row of malodorous portable lavatories. This summer, those queues look to set to get longer as the nation struggles with the global shortage of mobile lavatories caused by a highly unlikely confluence of events. The COVID pandemic, a big freeze in Texas and the booming rave culture in China. Sean Whittle, the General Secretary of the Portable Sanitization of Europe, uh, the trade body for the industry, trouble started brewing when COVID appeared on the scene at the beginning of last year. While initially this led to a collapse in demand from the events industry, it was soon replaced by a surge in demand of the construction industry. Keen to carry out working through the uh, pandemic, uh, building uh, firms decided to increase the number of laboratories available to workers and to aid social distancing. Whittle said, whereas a a site might previously had 50 workers, it was soon hiring up to 10. The creation of a huge network of COVID test centers also required a large number of facilities, uh, which further stoked the demand. Then disaster struck in Texas. Uh, The uh, plastic solutions supplier said, there are a lot of plastic processing plants near the oil fields, and they produce the material for the toilets. So when the snowstorm struck a few weeks ago, it created a production vacuum or maybe a production plunger, uh, with COVID increasing demands and the snow hitting supply. The block supply chain uh, means that the suppliers have to wait at least eight weeks for orders to arrive to compound the problem. The popularity of the outdoor raves have grown in post-COVID China, resulting in further increase of demand. Alex James, a founding member and basis of Blur, who is trying to arrange lavatories for his festivals this summer because of the rave situation in China, a lot of uh, festivals have rescheduled. Now they've become cancelled because of the shortage of bogs. At present, a portable lavatory can cost between £400 and £600 depending on the level of amenities. Executive ranges come with fresh water flushing, anti slip floors and maximum ventilation. While a hire for the weekend starts at £50, however prices have already gone up 15% higher than a year ago and could rise further. I mean, to be honest, it could just be a flash in the pan. So I think I've talked about Chappie the butler's mop of hair before. I mean, hair is not a problem. I mean, hair is coming out of every uh, orifice, every part of the body. There's no problem in the hair situation here. I mean, there's there's probably polar bears um, or marmots, gorillas, uh, probably, um, uh, you know, ancient woolly mammoths that have less hair than I do. So anyway, I mean, I, I have terrible trouble trying to comb out these this curly mop of fairly frizzy hair and I use all sorts of products. I mean uh, I mean probably ancient um, resin from prehistoric rhinoceros horns is used to straighten my hair. And very very kindly very very kindly, uh, my barber, last week gave me the celebrant of all barber tools the hair straightening iron and she just gave it to me very kind of her never use this you can have it chappy so as I left I'm gonna walk home I tucked the straightening iron into the hidden pocket of my jacket For that moment, I felt like I should have slipped on a tuxedo, with my hair straightening iron in my secret pocket of my jacket. I felt like a metrosexual James Bond, with my mysterious secret hot iron holster. And we have more enigmatic English eccentric haples. So today. Enigmatic English eccentric habits, we have the psycho-geography habit. All over Britain, locals take great umbrage if you confuse their locale with a neighbouring spot that, to the untutored eyes, seems indistinguishable. In the capital, South London, devotees face cons- uh, condescending sneers about being South of the river. Bretonians mock neighbours who insist they live in Hove, actually. Rage reigns on folk who conflate English with British and never, ever, ever call anybody living outside Tyneside a Geordie. There are many Instagram influencers out there. I mean, I see them all over my Instagram. I mean, I'm not the typical Chappy the Butler Instagrammer type where I'm, uh, you know, holding up seltzer water, alcoholic seltzer water, or uh, maybe in my new tight North Face uh, jeggings, uh, about to do a 14er, holding up a sign with, uh, you know, with the newest uh, alcoholic seltzer with my tight jeggings on and uh, maybe my new uh, fluorescent pumps. I mean, I'm not that sort of Instagrammer. I mean, I'm not, firstly, I'm not some sort of supermodel who's decided... Or fail being a supermodel and decide to get into Instagram in, influencing and promoting. Not that type. But I'm seeing a lot of Instagrammers, uh, you know, they're selling their houses. And they're on the road. Out on the road. On the road again. Um, and they're in these uh, Winnebago's, these small vans. VWs, Mercedes, all these different vans. And they're, and they're like, uh, basically... Uh, redoing the whole of the van and um, and they're putting beds in there kitchens in there uh, makeup counters in there where they can powder their nose after 14 or whatever these kids do so but it's so cramped and they're going with their partners you know just happily married and they've uh, they decide they're working remotely and they're going in the van and they're uh, living their best lives in the back of a cramp van with no shower, no toilet and in each other's companies 24 hours a day I mean it, it sounds absolutely hideous to me absolutely hideous, I mean how can anybody I mean love of my lives how can I spend 24 hours a day, you know you're in the van you're driving along and then you're with the same person cramped in some sort of bed which probably is covered in maybe uh mosquitoes flies snakes uh you know water snails who knows leeches i mean just around you rolling over and getting a leech in your butt crack or something i mean these are things that don't sound very appealing and then you know it, you don't have your space i mean you need a little bit of space i mean if it was me i'd probably end up in an inflatable bed on top of the van under the stars or maybe under a torrent of monsoon rain that's how it would end up but they must have the patience of job and again they're showing their best lives i would love to see these Instagrammers probably go for their top five arguments of the day you know they haven't had their morning coffee and uh you know their partners right next to them with the uh, with the morning dragon breath i mean first of all you know and how about taking the wrong turning Whoever's driving suddenly takes the wrong turning. I mean, it's it's it could be trouble in paradise, without a doubt. I don't I don't think it's a uh, I don't think it's all it's uh, lived up to be. I mean, how can it be? I mean, and after a certain amount of time, even the most chiselled Adonis, after f- you know five weeks of not showering, and uh, probably talking about portolises. I mean, uh, I mean, who, who knows what you could catch from a, a portaloo out in the wilderness? There, all those holes that uh, you just, uh, you know, drop whatever you're doing into these holes. I mean, it's absolutely hideous, and it stinks to high heaven. I mean, it, it, it smells like Yogi the bear's been in there with after eating a vindaloo. I mean, it is not a very appealing sight. So, give me glamping any day. Give me the Four Seasons. Give me the Oxford Hotel in Denver before you get into a van with the one you loved and at the end of the trip comes out of the divorce. Okay, we have our historical Tinder. We take a historical figure and decide whether to swipe left or swipe right on them. Sometimes a swipe left is a fate worse than death. But today, if you think of Pythagoras, you probably picture an old guy with a beard and a tunic, likely gazing at a triangle and making goo-goo eyes, The philosopher is often credited for many scientific and mathematical discoveries, from identifying the morning and evening stars as Venus uh, to the one that irritated you for years, Pythagorean theorem. He was also, to be fair to him, a pie. Pythagoras had some pretty strange beliefs, even for his time. You probably weren't even taught in mathematics that he ran a commune that forbade followers from wearing wool and forced them to put the right sandal before the left. It would have slowed down the class somewhat if uh, all of his children wanted to know his thoughts on flip flops the best part of the beliefs however related to beans pythagoras you'll see uh, believed that when you die your soul gets transformed into another animal although we didn't uh, know for sure it claimed that he even stopped eating meat in order to prevent that ever so awkward scenario of accidentally eating a dead buddy old triangles uh, didn't only believe that he also believed that humans and beans come from the same source why not and decided to conduct an experiment to prove it. He got a bunch of beans and buried them, not noticing how it's rarely done to humans, and, wa- and waited for them to grow for weeks. Then he dug them up again. He noted that they looked a little bit like human fetuses. Uh, Satisfied with his experiment design, uh, not even bothering to try burying a human, he concluded that eating beans was basically uh, cannibalism and forbade his commune from eating them. To Pythagoras and his followers, beans could contain the souls of the dead. Smashing or crushing a bean counted as murder, even if if you didn't go as far as ramming the corpse into your mouth, uh, maybe in a nice tomato sauce. Essentially, his views uh, make you eating refried beans and figure on par with Hannibal Lecter who famously ate father beans, and five-year-olds uh, sometimes uh, dine exclusively on the flesh and souls of humans. The philosopher, according to the legend, even took the time out of his busy schedule to explain to an ox that it should never eat beans again, while the herdsman looked on and giggled, and before, uh, surprised later, when the ox stopped eating the beans. Uh, sensible stuff, I'm sure you'll agree. I don't know why I expected uh, better from somebody whose biggest achievement was basic GCSE math. Um, his belief, while definitely something at the best, would get the reaction, what the hell are you talking about, man? They're beans, and it ended up leading to his demise. As of all legends about figures like this, you should take them with a pinch of salt or a pinch of beans. Uh, there's a funny story that you must tell on natural bean day. According to the legend and the end of the tale, a son of a nobleman named Kylon attempted to get into Pythagoras' bean cult. Uh come for the lack of beans, stay for the triangles. But uh, it was rejected for his unwillingness to abide by the training rules involving 5 years of silence before you even get to the triangles. Naturally, Kylon formed a mob uh, in order to attack Pythagoras and burn the commune's buildings as they fled the mob and would stab them to death. Pythagoras managed to escape the mob thanks to his friends and formed a human bridge to get him out of the buildings. Unfortunately, as he fled, the worst thing happened. His path took him right into a Beanfield. Refusing to trample through the uh, field, committing genocide like Beanzilla, Pythagoras stood there and was stabbed to death. A crime sure Pythagoras noted at the time was so heinous, it was in par with forking a bean. I don't know if anybody has those marvellous espresso machines. I mean, you can have beautiful strong cups of coffee and then a frothy sort of milk creamy concoction poured into the top. Absolutely delicious. <clears throat> but one of my favourites when the uh, machine was given to me was i have to say it was a princess fairy cake my favorite nespresso flavor and sadly it's like one of those things it's a limited edition it's like trying to get the good cadbury's chocolate in america i mean you get a taste for it and then you just can't get it but princess fairy cake nespresso uh, is my absolute favorite i mean it tastes like a slice of birthday heaven cake basically um it's uh it's sweet uh you can imagine like the uh, sprinkles on there the hundred and thousands i mean it uh, it takes you right back uh to being uh, dressed up um basically as an ugly sister in the school play of cinderella um i mean that's the last time i think i t- maybe tasted a, a bite of fairy cake who knows um but i think the princess angel fairy cake flavor of nespresso is uh, probably ruining my straight cred. And here we are again for another edition of Trumple Trombone where we take some of the bloody awful headlines of the week and we equate it to a raspy trombone or maybe a a smelly sort of trump. Anyway, so UK is the ideal resting stop for a five-foot leather-winged plesiosaur flying on the superhighway. Uh, The plesiosaur, like headless bats, measured five foot across and could be spotted in the UK on its way across the Atlantic, a cryptid uh, researcher has said. Mysterious sightings of a bizarre winged creature span back as far as the 1960s, according to the Beast of Britain author Andy McGrath, who offered a theory explaining why. In Kent 1963, four teenagers claimed to have seen a black bat with webbed feet standing upright at five foot tall above the Sandling Park. I wonder if it had escaped from a uh, from a laboratory uh, in China, possibly. Uh, another report from a cemetery in Glasgow describes a man-sized creature with bat wings which suddenly jumped vertically up in the air and uh, cleared a 20-foot fence in a single movement. I mean, these things look super early. Several plesiosaur-like creatures were spotted on hessick park southport in 19, uh, 1999 according to the claims in Wharton of the parks department revealed how clive everson claimed to have seen a gray-skinned batwing creature with a long beak and massive wingspan uh, which rose up out of the bushes and skedaddled away i mean it makes me think though uh, this could happen please mind the gap between the police assault and the peugeot <laughs> And Town Crier Championships are being held in silence due to COVID. COVID has cancelled many gigs and festivals and now claim the British Town Crier Championships too. For the first time in history of the event, the competition will be held in complete silence. Hundreds of the best criers from around the country normally gather every year say, Oi, Oi! Due to COVID, this year's entrance will be judged on 140 word written entries. <clears throat> yes, the town cries have sadly been silenced. Initial plans uh, for video entries, uh, but for many of the cries, found it challenging to submit good enough recordings. Organiser and Bishop Stortford crier Carol Williams said the new format was a return to the bare bones of crying. It's a real skill to write a cry that sticks in the theme that enlightens people and doesn't bore the audience. And uh, uh, it has to be done in 140 words. Remember when Twitter only gave you 140 characters. The loyal company of town criers said it's received hundreds of entries despite the criers not being able to vocalise. Miss Williams says the judges usually looked at three distinct parts of the cry, sustained volume, clarity, diction and inflection and content. The written entries are around the theme of nature and environment. The current national champion is ten times winner Alistair Chisholm. He describes crying as an extreme sport. When you write a cry, you write it for yourself, he told. You uh, put it in your own expression onto the page for your voice alone. He said uh, crying with a mask on didn't work as it comes out all muffly. Elisa w- uh, Watson, the crier for Bannockswick in Lancashire, said she found the written format could change things. Usually those criers who are not naturally as loud or as experienced tend to miss out on winning. But this year there's a feeling there's a real uh, level field and an outsider could indeed win. A writing competition surely defeats the purpose of a town cry award, crying being the essential trait and skill set. But brilliant for a throat lozenge commercial though. In Glasgow, residents were left baffled last night after Mary Poppins was spotted floating in the sky. Locals in Crookston in the southwest of the city were left scratching their heads when the mysterious object emerged from the clouds. The gliding uh, squiggle in the sky was said to be hovering on Thursday morning around 7.15. A stunned Glaswegian took to social media to ask if anybody had spotted the flying object. Uh, they said, has anybody else seen this in the sky? I can't work it out. One local quickly declared Mary Poppins, even though the sound of it seems quite uh, atrocious. But the floating silhouette has some distinct similarities of that of the popular fictional nanny, best known for flying through the sky, holding on to her umbrellas. Glaswegians weren't sure if it was a dark or white smoke um, electing a famous person or nanny in the sky. But they're pretty sure it was Mary Popins. And Prince Harry has got himself a new job as chief impact officer at a mental health startup in California, a position which is known as chimpo in the business circles. Congratulations to him, but it's getting the attention for the wrong reasons in Japan. That's because the word is slang for Penis. supermarkets are running out of marmite it's the news that you either love or hate there's a serious shortage of marmite in british supermarkets the condiments manufacturers unilever were forced to suspend production except for a small 250 gram jars during lockdown this is due to the lack of brewer's yeast which is vital ingredient caused by the closure of breweries with pub closures going on for longer than expected many supermarkets now only have small jars available if any at all causing shoppers to wonder what's going on while 50% of people will not be bothered by this in the slightest, panic has spread across Marmite fans and social media. Where is the Marmite? And is asked, where's the Marmite shortage? Uh, before you contemplate making a permanent switch to Vegemite or Jam, a Unilever spokesman said, as pubs and hospitalities begin to open now, uh, we expect full range of jars back on the supermarket shelves over the coming months. To be honest, I think running out of toilet paper is more serious, because then you don't have anything to wipe that shite up with. So another social dilemma. So... Technology, AI elves, whoever it is, is definitely watching me across all of the multiple devices here. And um, so this week, I get uh, I get advertised on my Instagram that I need to definitely go and buy this. It's an all-in-one terry cloth uh, baby blue uh, romper, male romper. It's the sort of thing that Sean Connery had in Goldfinger uh, that had the little belt around it. And I guess it's coming back into fashion. So will I see men here in Colorado wearing these uh, baby blue terry cloth rompers around the pool this year? I severely doubt it. I mean, I think there's only one person in history that can get by and get away with wearing a terry cloth baby blue romper with a belt. And that's Sean Connery. Uh, Austin Powers tried it. I mean, I would look more like Austin Powers. I mean, you don't want seeing all sorts of ungainly hair coming out the bottom of the romper i mean nobody wants a hairy romper without a doubt uh but but this is what's advertised so instagram and the ai elves are telling me that i need to go and buy an all-in-one terry cloth baby blue romper for the pool this summer oh what fun it will be so there we go, ladies and mantelpieces. It's been another calm, and Cauliflower Cheese. We never got on to inferior sweater nipple chafing. Uh, maybe we'll leave that for another week. We'll, we'll put that again in my Rolodex of ideas, and that'll pop up again, I'm sure, with uh, with thunder, with plunder, uh, next, uh, maybe next week or the next couple of weeks. Here. So it's been lovely to have you here. Uh, it's a lovely spring day. I think it's time for another little jaunt outside. Uh, might slip on my uh, John McEnroe extra short uh, tennis shorts and go for a little stroll uh, with the hounds here. Uh, The trouble with the tennis shorts, as I said before, is it doesn't leave very much to the imagination and you can get terrible grass stains on it. But this has been Keep Calm Cauliflower Cheese episode 81. Uh, yesterday, we talked about St. George's Day, so go and check that out. Uh, and we have two editions, really. We have the audio edition that's across many, many, many platforms, from Apple Music to Pandora, iHeartRadio, where it's just me speaking. It's just my dulcet and maleficent tones. Uh, so you've got that, and then you've got the musical edition, which has uh, hand-picked, very carefully hand-picked music on Spotify, uh, really punctuating uh, and uh, giving a little musical symbol uh, to the whole uh, podcast affair keep coming cauliflower cheese so i mean we've had such things uh, and such music today as queen uh, we've had Noel gallagher high flying birds uh, ugly kid joe uh, danny wilson prince i mean many many different people so if you like a little bit of music a little bomb tune in there and we also always we always like to finish off with some pure yacht rock as we sail away into the sunset. For another week we play you some yacht rock to finish with so as always we're going to have that as well so look look forward to that so that's been the podcast and uh after this we're going to finish with a little poem so here we have williams wordsworth lines written in early spring i heard a thousand blended notes while in a grove i sate reclined in that sweet mood when pleasant thoughts bring sad thoughts to my mind to her fair works did nature link the human soul that through me ran, and much it grieved my heart to think that man has made of man. Through primrose tusks in that green bowler, the periwinkle trailed its wreaths, and tis my faith that every flower enjoined the air it breathes. The birds around me hopped and played, their thoughts I cannot measure, but the least motion which they made, it seemed a thrill of pleasure. The budding twigs spread out their fan to catch the breezy air, and I must think to do all I can, that there was pleasure there. If this belief was seven cent, if such be nature's holy plan, have I not reason to lament what man has made of man? Thank you again for listening to the podcast as I sail away. Cheerio for now. Chappie out.